Hello and welcome to Breathe In Booze Out for the month of July. We skipped all of June, thanks Eric, but uh, we're here back again. You should throw me under the bus. But <laughs> well, not my fault. Okay, it was kind of my yeah, fault. Technically right, it was my it fault. Yes, so uh, we're going to go straight into this. Uh, we have, we bought a, well, I bought a 12 pack of uh, Sierra Nevada's Beer Camp across and the world. And I will be helping him drink said 12 pack because no, he's some such a of great them. friend. Some of them. He's a great friend who's going to let me drink all of them with him. Oh, we're opening them all today? No, God, no. We're not opening them all today. Are you crazy? (laughs) i got to drive after this. I mean, Uber, whatever. (laughs) I have a small child to take care of later. I'm not drinking (laughs) six beers. I'm not drinking six beers while we record. (laughs) Well, we space it out, though. So, Um, First one that we have is the Atlantic-style vintage ale that they did with Fuller's. Oh, this smells so great. So this is a, uh, they're calling it an Atlantic-style vintage ale, uh, more than likely produced out of the uh, North Carolina property for Sierra Nevada with Fuller's. And uh, it's going to be, a, uh, from what I can smell and from what I've read, it's going to be a variation of the English Old Ale, which ages like crazy. It tastes delicious. That's very nice. Stone fruit, dried fruit, easy on the mid-palate, medium, medium to full-bodied. Classifies as a strong ale. ABV is 8.5. I will give this a very hearty four stars. What? That's Oh, uh, it has plums in it. That's why. Well, it's even better. I mean, because I mean, it's, it's brewed with plums, but at Old Ale, Old Ales traditionally have flavors of date, fig, a little bit of strawberry from time to time, depending on how old they are in the yeast culture. The yeast-driven notes is what's giving you a little bit of that salinity on the back end of the palate that really those, builds up the vintage <clears throat> characteristic of it. But the plums are very strong in it, though. The plums are, the, the, the plums are more persistent on the nose. It's mm-hmm. really more of a prune flavor I get in the middle. Aren't plums prunes? Mm-hmm. There you go. And when you dry fruit, the sugar structure is completely different. The flavor profile is, the flavor profile is, vastly, is vastly different when they're dried fruit. I think, I think it's just because putting the plum in, in that mixture is going to prune it up. Yeah, potentially. Um, also, but, it, it's, it, it, but, but at the same time, that's like saying, oh, I'm going to throw these grapes in here. It's going to be raisiny. And it's not the same thing. How do you know? Because grapes and raisins don't taste the same, Jesus. Yeah, but plums and prunes kind of do. No, they don't. Oh, unless you have, have you ever had those salted prunes? I have actually. <laughs> those are really good. Not a fan. I don't like salt though. I don't. I should need salt, but I like those a lot. So. It's, kind of, it's kind of like the difference between a fig and a date. I love figs. I'm not the biggest fan of dates. The sugar structure is just completely different. No, I get you. But this is a very delicious beer. It's absolutely um, delightful. I really like what they did this year with across the world. So we get, you know, I think it's Japan, Belgium. And Mostly Japan, Central Europe, and the UK. Yes, and that, I mean, yeah, and and just to see them use uh, six breweries from stateside, six breweries from overseas, plus themselves, and to see uh, Houston's oldest brewery has uh, their trademark on it this year, which I we'll be trying a little bit. Game. We'll be so. trying that in a little while. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so you came to me saying that we had to record. this. Yes, we did. We have to. Re- we had to record this week. I've been very busy with a lot of things in my personal life the last week and a half, including having no internet, which today and age, that, that really sucks. <laughs> like, I, I found out I, I ended up pulling up, like, my old uh, MXC and Wonder Shows and DVDs to, do, to watch instead. Wow. But, yeah, everything is, like, we have, we have everything on, online now. Yeah, I mean, in in the digital age, everything's on your phone, everything's on your laptop or your tablet. I mean, you know, living with, I, I'm sure I could go completely off the grid unplugged. Uh, I don't know how long I would go crazy before I'd adjust, but I'm sure I could. Maybe. I mean, you'd have to go back to buying movies. I mean, I'm okay with that though. I don't watch movies. How? Would, where would you watch TV? I don't really need TV. In some form, what, what, are you going to sit down and read a book and that's it? I don't mind reading. I like reading. Did a lot of reading this week, actually. Nerd. <laughs> hey, pot. Uh, it's a kettle. Yeah. Need, to, need to talk to you about your choice of hue. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I, I wasn't able to pay. I know the, the overall. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. But, Eric. I'm so excited. Let it, let it slip. Just <laughs> let that tongue slip. I'm so excited. So... This has been a ridiculous couple of weeks in the alcohol industry nationally uh, and uh, a really ridiculous couple of months. 
here in the state that now information is coming to light and uh, we can now you know talk about it a little more freely uh the tbc is under a lot of fire and is in a lot of trouble right now uh so we have the tbc that we're going to cover a little bit a little bit on today uh and we're also going to talk a little bit about um the real like craft fight that's happening between the brewers association and ab InBev and how everyone is ignoring sab miller and constellation and in what sense are they ignoring? Like just not even paying attention to what okay, they're so, doing. Okay, so let's so let's back up uh, very briefly to the end of 2016 when AB InBev bought Carbach Brewing here in Houston, mm-hmm. and they came out and said very clearly this was the last purchase that they were going to be making for a very long time. Flash forward about 90 days later into March, and hey, Wicked Weed, you want to be bought? Yeah, here's a check. Cool. <laughs> Bye. And the collective brewery world consumer producer everything lost their fucking minds absolutely lost their minds and lost in all of this has been it just seems to be focused directly on abn bev which is cool i mean i'm all for fighting goliath i mean it, it, it works for some people but at the end of the day, the Brewers Association comes out after Wicked Weed falls, not after Goose Island, not after Carbach, not after Elysian or Golden Road or Ten Barrel, any of these guys. Wicked Weed falls to AB and Bev. And now they want to brand a logo from the Brewers Association called Independently Owned Craft. And AB and Bev's response to just the press release was so overkill and so incredibly amazing. And the only thing that people are talking about is, oh, all those brewers, they're not craft, this, that, and the other. Oh, you were craft two months ago, you're not now. And nobody is even talking about the fact that what AB InBev and the Brewers Association are doing is they're, they're literally trying to consult, not only control the consumer base as far as what they buy, mm-hmm. but at the exact same time, Everyone's complaining about their favorite breweries selling out and how they gave in to the man, this, that, and the other. What about the lives that AB InBev literally just changed? The dreams that came true for everyone not named Goodman? I'm still on that, by the way. Old, old man Goodman just needs to keep his mouth shut. This is really surprising uh, that you're talking good about AB InBev. I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily talking good about ABN, but it's just the idea of. I mean, ABN the, changed those lives. Well, ABN changed well. those lives, but I mean, look at what Tenth and Blake did. I mean, Tenth and Blake changed the lives of uh, the original owners of Blue Moon. Uh, they changed the lives of uh, Rhett and his family, the owners of Revolver. Look what Constellation did for Ballast Point, a billion dollar buy. And yet, all of us are staring, and all of us as beer nerds are complaining about ABN Bev. And the Brewers Association is reacting to AB InBev. Yet Heineken owns 50% of, I believe, Lagunitas? Mm-hmm. But are the, so is Lagunitas going to be able to, to use the, the independently owned craft symbol? Because Heineken is only owned by one family. It's not a conglomerate. That's a good point. Ballast Point is the only true craft, craft brand owned by Constellation. Are they going to be able to use the independently owned because everyone's still in play? Or is it just AB InBev brands that are going to get sacrificed? So it's going to start turning into like a snob mark now. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you're the, in my opinion, that brand, while I understand the good nature behind it, because this is one of those really weird times when I'm looking at the craft segment, like the true craft segment. Well, and I'm looking at AB InBev and the conglomerates. It's it's a reflection of uh, modern America right now. Where you have your le- extreme leftists and your extreme right wings, and that's what that's going to become. AB and Bev is going to be your extreme right, and you know the the Brewers Association mark is going to be the well. But 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 even then, that's a bad analogy. Never mind. No, no, no. It, it, it's it's not a bad analogy because it's the elitist versus the common man still. But this is one of the few times where I, where I've looked at what's going on in my industry. And the only thing I want to do is literally just sit on the fence and eat a tub of popcorn and just watch the chaos ensue because I mean and drink the, some beer and drink and drink yeah. some beer because the video that AB InBev put out and uh, once this publishes we'll share uh, I'll, I'll dig up the link to that video and I'll post it because it has all of the original owners of the brands that they've bought talking about the good that AB InBev did 
mm. for not only their employees but their brands, their breweries. I mean, and, and, and it's not just the money. We're talking about quality of life. We're talking about uh, the, the amount of stress relief that happens when all of a sudden your dreams come true and your dreams are just going to keep getting bigger because at the end of the day you're worried about your brand and you don't really care how your brand grows as long as it grows and it grows healthily. Because at the end of the day, beverage, beverage is just like anything else is logistics. I mean, look at Amazon. Amazon just bought... Whole Foods, mm-hmm. $13.8 billion. How long did we talk about that? 45 seconds maybe in the grand scheme of things, maybe a couple of days, and then just nothing. The last thing I saw about Whole Foods and Amazon was a headline that said Amazon just killed the grocery store game. That was it. That was two weeks ago. $13.8 billion for a grocery chain that think- caters to hipsters. I mean, and hipsters, millennials, zenials, whole nine yards. But, I mean, they're not complaining about Amazon buying Whole Foods, but they'll sure as shit complain about ABM that buying their precious wicked weed, won't they? But I think it's mainly because uh, Amazon isn't being seen as an enemy right now. And I hate getting political, but it's the same thing <clears throat> as, like, how people are saying that CNN is targeting Donald Trump. I mean, he is, but that's besides the point. Sorry, yeah. they are, but that's besides the point. Um, okay, but, I mean, it's, it's the same way. Because that's the only thing that CNN has to report on is news and what's bigger than the president. You know, that's what they're going to be hitting on no matter what. Same thing with uh, with with the beer community. They can they only have to. They're only going to be looking at. You know who's attacking their own, in their opinion. So that's why it's going to be a huge deal. So on the Brewers Association, and I just found this. This was published yesterday. Uh, underneath a uh, heading that they call Communicating Craft. And this is from uh, BrewersAssociation.org. Uh, and the, uh, the, the title of the article is called Identifying Independent Beer, Why It Matters. And it really goes into how they decided to come up with the certification seal, how they decided on what the logo was going to look like. And everything that you read in the article is basically just a breakdown of how, you know, basically a 101 breakdown on, like, disruptive marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they are wanting to do is they want this the, this little emblem that will also put up on the that will also put up on the uh, on the Facebook page as soon as this goes live so everybody's got a little bit of a visual medium to go over. It's very simple. It's an upside down beer bottle that says "Independent Craft" inside the bottle, and then it's encompassed by a block lettering that says "Brewers Association Certified." So I have so many questions for the Brewers Association. Number one, my very first question: Who has the money to pay for the resources to print new cans? and relicense all of their labels. So during the process, are they going to issue stickers to certified craft so that their employees can put that sticker on and the six still, that's carriers? Stickering, that's a lot of job too. That's, yeah, I mean yeah, you know, cans already come cans already come pre wrapped, mm-hmm. so you, so you're gonna sticker every single can? Like we talked about in the last show, a truckload of cans cost twenty five grand. And that's for just six six thousand cases. I mean, at least just put it on their website or something. Yeah, that I'm okay with. I mean, you know, if if you look at the the organic certifications in uh, the wine world, Oregon, Washington, and California, all three of them have their own, like, organic programs, and they're insanely costly to to, to maintain and keep up, to, Mm -hmm. to maintain just that little seal. And they also have the national organic certification also. If you look at California, 90% of those wineries, they're organic. They don't care about the certification because it's $100,000 for a 10-year certification. It's $10,000 a year to maintain. In Oregon, if for whatever reason you end up getting a uh, some form of parasite in your crops that cannot be handled by any other means of pesticide or you lose your entire field. Except for chickens. Like that one, except for chickens. But but I mean, but there are even some parasites that are, that, that are rootstock parasites. Like phylloxera, phylloxera was a root issue. That like if we ever had like a like 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 another great extinction uh, virus show up in the wine world that was not that that there was rootstock in the world that wasn't resistant to it, the entire wine world just goes away. So you have the choice: you weighing your organic certification, or do I save my business? Oh well, I want to maintain organic. I mean, it's not going to matter because you're not going to have any wine to make. But, you know, good on you for keeping your organic certification. Okay, so take Oscar Blues. Let's go to the Brewers. Let's go to the Brewer Association route. So Oscar Blues is independently owned, right? Correct. Okay, so Cigar City. Do they do they get the seal? Because they sold out. Hmm. 
So now, now Heineken. Heineken owns a cra- uh, 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 owns forty nine percent. Actually, no. Now I think they actually bought Lagunitas outright. I think they own the other fifty percent now, because uh, Heineken Heineken finished the deal with someone. Um, I want to say it was Lagunitas. I could be like way off base there. No, I think you're right. <clears throat> Heineken buys Lag. Lagunitas. Okay, hold on. Yeah. I'm just going to make sure that I'm right. Yeah, so it was... And buys remaining... Remaining Lagunitas stake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they paid like $1.1 billion for the remainder of Lagunitas. Okay, so Lagunitas is one of the largest and most influ- influential brands in the mar- in the marketplace, right? Do they get the seal? Of course not. Okay, but why, but, 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 but why not? Because Heineken is owned by one family. It's not owned by a conglomerate. Oh, at that point, does that mean that Heineken gets to use the seal? I mean, there, there, uh, are, there, yeah. there, there, are, there are better, there are better ways. Yeah, because Heineken, even if it's owned by one family, they're independently owned. Yeah, so that should mean Lagunitas should be able to use it too. Yeah, so 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 Lagunitas can't use it. Ballast Point can't use it. None of the ABN devs can use it. And Ballast Point retains creative control of their beers. Yeah, but they can't use it because they're not independently owned uh, anymore. They're owned. They're they're owned by the wine. They're they're owned by the Wine and Spirit Bully. They're owned by the Shelton Brothers of the Wine World. So, like Crooked Stave, Crooked Stave can, but Wicked Weed can't because they sold out to ABN Bev. I mean, what 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 what, you're, what what the idea is is that it's actually pretty genius because you're literally trying to control what the marketplace buys. Even better, it's almost controlling cold box blocking in the retail sector because there's actually a there, there's actually an image on the uh, the press release that they released on the Brewers Association of that logo being silk screened onto a door in a cold box. That says certified independently owned craft, and there's beers and breweries from all over the nation in it. Well, that completely screws up retail blocking. Mm-hmm. So now you're driving your entire consumer base to one door, and they're only shopping forty SKUs out of the three hundred that you have as a retailer. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, they should have just left it in, left it off the can or whatever. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I like I said, I understand what no, they're I doing. Understand I understand it, what they're trying still, to get to, but it might I mean, there's hurt more than. Well, and, and, and I get it. Oh, okay, I'm an independently craft brewer. I'm going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to relabel everything, relicense everything, get this seal onto my can. I mean, in the hundreds hopes, of thousands of dollars that you don't have. You hundreds of, yeah, that you don't have in the hopes, in the hopes that one day Constellation, SAB Miller, uh, ABN Dev, Shelton Brothers, Heineken, one of these big conglomerates comes along and says, yeah, we'll buy you so that they have to spend the money to take it all off. So what you're actually doing by complete accident is you're actually inhibiting a brewery's ability to grow, just like the the taproom bill does here in the state. Because what conglomerate is going to want to pay you $100 million for your brand just to turn around and have to drop another another million or two in it relicensing everything? It's a net loss. Not only that, but it's like... When, when, um, what brewery wouldn't sell out though? That's the other thing. And, 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 and that's the other part of this coin is that it really seems like to me, and I, I like to think that I can be an impartial, um, onlooker here because I am kind of stuck in that second tier and I really don't have a brand, uh, that I can, that, that I take care of that I, that's just like my mm-hmm. baby. And I don't really have a shop that I have to worry about. I'm really kind of stuck in the middle and I dare, I mean, I absolutely dare any brewery owner to look me in the face and say if AB and Bev came calling and had nine figures on a check that you're going to say no. <laughs> I dare. Yeah. I dare. Anyone, anyone listen to this, you own a brewery, tell me you won't take $100 million. Yeah, I mean, it's like if, <clears throat> if, you, if you've spent, you know, 10 years brewing before and your brewery is 5, 10 years afterwards and InBev does come calling for that check that that's 20 years of your life that they're paying you a hundred million dollars for yeah that's that's changed your world money that set your yeah. family up for life money and you're and and as consumers i guarantee you every single one of those brewery owners probably meant it meant everything that they said from the heart in that abn bev video where they were talking about how they used to be craft and how they still feel like they should be deemed as craft because it's the same recipes and it may just be being brewed on a bigger scale. But at the exact same side, on, on the, at the exact same other side of the coin, ABN Bev's foot in the bill for that video 
you technically work for AB InBev, you're going to kind of say whatever they tell you to say to keep the check coming in. Because it's not just the payout check that you got. You're also receiving a salary from AB InBev to be the face of that brand. So it's just like being LeBron James or Michael Jordan or Derek Jeter, Peyton Manning, any big-time celebrity or big-time um, athlete that has multiple endorsements. There are times when you have to do the commercial because you have to do the commercial to keep mm-hmm. the check coming in. Now, now if, if AB and Viv changed their, their whole philosophy and decided to yeah, be like, yeah, we have Bud Light, that's, that's for whoever's not into craft, but we own a lot of craft companies that people love, so let's start giving them creative control the same way Constellation does it. Okay. I'd like to to point something out that happened on Facebook um, that was very similar to this, that was kind of to, to, to what you're saying, that was really blown out of, blown out of proportion uh, because of the, the, the general response was, oh, I bet St. Arnold's would have loved to have been on this flyer also. So Big Hops out in San Antonio is a group of um, beer bars and growler shops that decided what they were going to do was be hoity-toity um, was be was to be hoity-toity um, beer snob that doesn't carry macro craft and I completely understand why they don't carry macro craft and you know it's just like any other in, just like any other account that decided that they weren't going to carry Carbach or Goose Island anymore whenever they found out they were sold out but um, I mean we've got a like beer's looking at you here they don't carry anything Exactly. So this is what they po- the, they posted the um, the a selection list for an upcoming uh, craft beer promotion at Minute Maid Park. Okay, and the oh, they're the ones that they were doing it. Well, no, 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 no. They they, they just posted what oh what, what was published. Park. Okay, so I'm going to read the post and then I'm going to read the lineup of beers. Uh, posted on July 9th at 9.22 a.m. from the Big Hops uh, Hebner Facebook page. This is why ownership matters. This is the tap list for an upcoming craft beer promotion at Minute Maid Park. These are all brands owned by Anheuser-Busch InBev. They gathered a selection of beers of various styles under various brewer names, all to give you the illusion of choice and diversity. Some of them are very good beers in all honesty, and they know that. This, the, this kind of thing is happening all over the country. ABI is using their wealth of influence to promote an unnecessarily thick portfolio of brands at the expense of local independence brands. I'm sure San Arnold's Brewing Company and Eighth Wonder Brewery would have loved to have been on this list. Okay, here's the list. Goose IPA, Goose 312, Goose Green Line, Matilda, Sophie, SBW, Shock Talk Lemon, Ziegenbach, Stellar Artois, Lefe, Hogarden. Budweiser. I mean, they could have done better to leave Budweiser off this list. Uh, Wolf Pup, Tart Mango Cherry, Space Dust, Super Fuzz. All Elysian, uh, and a little bit of Golden Road there. Uh, Love Street, Staycation, Big and Bright, Lemon Gen- Ra- Ginger, Ginger Rattler, Weekend Warrior, Hopadillo, All Carbach. Those are my favorites. So two of these are my favorites. Uh, Montejo, Estrella Jalisco. <laughs> so great. Uh, Mango Mosaic, Avalanche, and Agave Wheat. So you've got Breckenridge in there. You've got Elysian. Because people forget that Breckenridge sold out also. But mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Did we forget? Did we not say a damn thing when Breckenridge sold out? By the way, that actually helped Crazy Mountain Brewing because Crazy Mountain was able to buy the gigantic fer- fer- fermenter farm in Denver. Is that uh, Denver. Crazy Mountain the... Uh... No, never mind. That's Spring Mountain. I thought that was the Walgreens brand. Yeah, no. Crazy Mountain Brewing actually became a top fifty brewery last year in the nation and uh, bought the bought the old Breckenridge facility in downtown Denver. So great. That's hilarious. Okay, so let's let's talk about this list real fast. Are they all ABI? Absolutely, they are. Mm-hmm. But there is some fallacy in what big in in, in what this is in, in what this is saying. I and and the and the line that's the fallacy is I'm sure St. Arnold's Brewing Company Eighth Wonder Brewery would have loved to be on that list. Okay, you've been inside Minute Maid Park yes. in the past couple of years. Yeah, you know on the first floor right there behind home plate. You know what's there? The St. Arnold's Beer Garden. Yeah, how no, many? No, t- third third base. Is it third? I thought it was home. I thought it was home plate. I'm pretty sure it's home plate. It's either one of those. But so. yeah, what's right there? Oh, you know, 45 taps of St. Mm-hmm. Arnold beers? Yeah, I'm sure they would love to be part of that craft beer festival, seeing as they have literally their own fucking wing inside of Minute Maid Park. <laughs> Eighth Wonder has a little bit of a gripe. Oh, wait, wait. No, they don't, because every one of their beers is on is on at Torchy's, who gets to control their own list. Yeah. I mean, they have presence there. 
So, I mean, it's... But I think it's they're talking about, like, because I know that... I know exactly... They're, they're going to bring you into, like, a special room and have you taste all these beers. Yeah, and, and, and that's all well and good. And, I, and like, like I said, I understand... This is where... This is really where I'm kind of in the middle on this, because I understand, like, where the independent side is coming from, and I also understand where ABI is coming from, and, and I don't think that there's a happy middle ground that the two groups are ever oh, no. going to meet. No, no, no. Which, I mean, I'm okay with that, because really that conflict is great for business, great for my business. It's great for the industry to have that kind of conflict. But, I mean, good Lord, if you're going to, if you're going to go out as an association and as a group of independents... And you're going to target Anheuser Busch, target the rest of the assholes also. Go after Constellation for Ballast Point. Quit, quit giving love. Quit, quit giving the amount of just freaking gushing weeaboo love over Ballast Point. Because really and truly, once you get outside of really and truly with Ballast Point, once you get outside of Sculpin, the beers are meh. The beers are okay once you get outside of the Sculpin series. Uh, go after freaking Rar. Not not Rar. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rar. I apologize. Go after Revolver. <laughs> For yeah, selling they, out to SAB, go after Cigar City for selling out to Oscar Blues because Oscar Blues is tr- Oscar Blues is really just trying to be craft ABI. Go after Breckenridge for selling out and literally flying so be- so below under the radar two years ago when they did that because of the signing because they bought in quick succession Elysian, Golden Road, Breckenridge, Ten Barrel. Everyone forgot that Breckenridge sold out. I'm actually willing to bet that Breckenridge could get away with putting that independently on craft symbol on there. That's hilarious. Just sneak it on there. Yeah, just sneak it on there, and no one would ever know. What are we drinking? Well, before we drink that, the one thing is that I have to say, like, those events, though, are actually really good for the craft community, though. I mean, when you have a big old game like the Astros, not every like, let's say it sells out 13,000 people. That's more than that. It's like 25 in the minute made now after they've done the renovations. Yeah, it's huge. Can't wait for postseason, then. But um, let's say you have 13,000 people show up and they sell a limited amount of tickets to that thing. It, even if it's 1,000, 2,000 people, say half of those are people that go to work and like their boss is like, dude, I can't go to this. I've got these tickets. Go. Mm-hmm. And it's people that aren't craft drinkers that go in there and like, all right, cool. I'll get free beer. And they start tasting these beers. It introduces people to expand their knowledge. And I think... Absolutely. That's how people should start seeing that AB InBev is, the, is, is like 101 for crap beer now. I mean, I I might absolutely like as a person loathe the idea that Del Papa runs the pint jockeys and how they have meetings inside their warehouse where people just kind of drink beer for the sake of drinking beer. But I'll tell you what, the second they rolled out Golden Road and Elysian, that was one of the biggest turnouts they ever had for pint jockeys. So, craft beer drinker, don't say you don't go to ABI. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, really and truly, and this is my honest opinion. This is how I feel about this. ABI has done vastly more good for the craft beer industry by complete accident than they ever intended to do harm. They've done so much more good than they realize that they have for the segment that's actually taking market share from mm-hmm. them. And it would be really great for the actual like drinking community to just man up and say, thanks, ABI. Oh, hey, look over there. There's a new small batch, whatever. I'm just going to go over there. I mean, it's there there are ways to There's enough independent beer to keep you busy. Yeah, I mean I mean as as a, a craft beer drinker. Yeah, I mean I mean good good Lord. Okay, Saloon Door here in here in Clear Lake. Mm-hmm. One top beer that they've been around for literally they just had their anniversary. They just won top beer in the city with Tasty AF. Against Macro Craft because there was Macro in there because because there was some Carbox stuff in that tournament, and they're probably going to win Houston's most valuable brewery for contributions to the brewing industry. That's not possible if Carbox isn't bought. That's not possible for a small one-year-old brewery to win that kind of honor if these larger craft brands don't see through the business cycle and get bought. Correct. No, I understand. So by, by buying up these brands, they're just offering opportunities to more people. It's just like, um, it's sort of the, sort of a different, different look at, uh, the, the big bailout that happened with AIG back in 2008, where AIG got a tri- got like a trillion dollars or something in bailout money because of like the hundreds of thousands of jobs that it would screw up if it went under. At the end of the day, what that caused, it, yes, did it save AIG, you know, a hundred-year-old company? Absolutely, it saved it. But how many other companies could have popped up 
after AIG failed that would have had better ideas. ABI is doing the same thing for the craft beer industry. They're buying mid-majors and, and, and regional powerhouse breweries, and all they're doing is clearing space for the new guy to come up. Yeah, I do I do see it that way. Because as soon as Carbock got bought, we had what? I mean, I'm pretty sure they were in the in the works, but we had Platypus, Holler, Sigma, you know, Saloon Door, all these people just pouring in. And 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 not to mention the number of brew pubs that have popped say. up. I mean, I mean, you know, and, and think about think about the difference between production breweries and brew pubs now. I mean, you know, we used to be a production brewery driven state. Now, basically, it's I, I, if I were to actually like like take a guess, it's probably sixty forty production to brew pub. All right. Well, next beer. Next beer and next, next, beer, topic, next topic because we've got a little bit of time for this next one. Yeah, I kind of I kind of went long way. <laughs> it's on okay. That, it's one. Okay. That, was the, that, that was the one that I was really fired up about today. All right, so uh, we're going stateside with the beer camp and one that Eric's been so I've been so, salivating over this beer so much. Yeah, it's the Dry Hop Ber- Berliner Sour Weiss from St. Arnold. So, God, I love Boiler Room, dude. I'm so sad the Boiler Room's <laughs> gone. I'm really happy that Raspberry AF is here, but I miss Boiler Room so bad, and I'm really hoping that this is what this is, is Dry Hop Boiler All right, Room. go for it. Mm. Mm. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh, that's heaven. <laughs> it's everything I love about Berliner Weiss. It's got acid, it's got fruit, it's got citrus, it's got body, it's got the aroma. It's very German. It's just so incredibly German in nature. That is very good. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hello. I might give it a five. Uh-oh. I might give it a five. I don't know yet. I haven't decided. I haven't decided if I'm going to or not yet, but I might give it a five. Uh, because holy crap I mean holy flipping crap I think that would be the first beer on the show that you gave a 5 to no Catalyst okay second beer then uh, yeah, because, cause but I that did, doesn't count I, you already came in with that expectation yeah I knew exactly what I was yeah, walking so. into hold on I gotta find it real fast and take, see another, take another sip uh, no no I'm good right now hold on Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so the average score on this is a 3.5, and all of you are wrong. <laughs> all of you are so wrong. Okay, hold on. Some of my friends scored this thing really badly. Let me see who all who all this thing in. I'm going to yell at people. Uh, let's see. Okay, Scribner gave it a 4. Tony Cass gave it a 3.7, Johnny, you're better than that. Uh, Johnny Salinas with Benny Keith. You're better than that. This is not a 4.0. It's a solid 4. I like how you pulled and called him out. I'll call him out. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's a 5. Oh. It's so great. It's everything It's everything that I love. It's tart, sour, dry, clean, and herbal. That is everything I love uh, in this style. I might also be a Berliner... I might also be a little um, tilted towards Berliner Vices, but that's besides the point. I, no, I mean, it's whatever beer you want to be your style. See, you know what this reminds me of? Though? The, pro- the, the, the problem for, for a beer like this, and specifically this beer, is that when I smell it, it takes me back to Germany. And it doesn't take me back to Germany, to Munich in the beer garden. It takes me back to one of the wineries that I visited on the, the, uh, on the Mosul River a few years back. Because this literally, ta- this literally like, like the aroma... Is so Venus and so Riesling driven and high acid Riesling driven, uh, and for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of the winery. Um, give me a second. Um, uh, Joseph Bergman, uh, d- uh, Dr. Joseph Bergman, and they do a super tart. I'll give you the last drop, uh, even if it's just a little bit. I love you so much. Look, you got all the uh, sediment with that one. Hmm. That is just straight high acid heaven. <laughs> I mean, that's every like I if if I could make a beer like that, I I might actually open a brewery if I could make something anywhere close to this. I'm so far away, brewing wise. Very. Um, I mean, you could tell the difference between it, but it's very similar to a ghost right now. Very very similar to a goza, but it's so definitely not. If, if you if you threw a little bit of salt in this mm-hmm. while you were drinking it, it would be a little bit of a goza. Uh, but God, that's pretty. Here, let me put some salt in and ruin your... Mm. <laughs> you can kiss my ass. <laughs> All right, so next topic that I'm fired up about. Uh-oh. Holy shit, is the TABC in trouble. 
So for anyone outside of the state, the TABC is the Texas Alcohol Control uh, Alcohol Beverage Commission. You mean Texas Alcohol Assholes Beverage Commission? Nope, I said what I meant. Texas Alcohol Beverage Commission. And good shit, could they not be under more fire? All right. So let's just talk about the past like two months. Basically since May, we've had the following executives step down. All right. Starting with Sherry Cook, who was the original executive director. She's gone. Uh, Steven Weinberg, the, the head commissioner for the TABC. He left last week. Uh, Emily Helm, not only general counsel, head lawyer and legal counsel for the TABC, resigned. Uh, Earl Peterson, chief of enforcement, gone. The new, this is so great, the new executive director quits after, after like three weeks. His name was Ed Swedberg. And Captain Cover-Up Andy Pena is out of here. And he was the head of IAB inside of the TABC. So great. Wonder what happened? Wonder what happened? What's that? So so they screwed with Specs. First of all, don't screw with Specs. Because Specs will eat your soul. They opened up a three-year investigation and after proving basically nothing and they just wanted to be be proven right, they went to they went before a judge and demanded demanded that either all 163 permits for specs get canceled immediately, which would have ended specs, A, and would have put probably, I don't know, what, 20,000 people on the street, give or take? Or they could save their license by paying a $713 million fine. So wow. specs countersued because they're specs, and you don't screw with specs in this state. And not only was it found that the agency put forward unsubstantiated evidence. Let me find the actual reading because because they got rebuked really hard. And this was just the last of everything that was at the tipping point for TABC. Because we might actually see the downfall of an alcoholic beverage commission. Which would just be hilarious. Okay. They poured out the... Okay, so here we go. That's... uh, what did Specs, a family-run company based based in Houston, do to deserve the business equivalent of the death penalty? That's what a couple of Texas administrative law, law judges wondered this week. They poured out the TABC like stale beer in a blunt 151-page ruling. The judges said TABC failed to prove dozens of allegations, rebuked agency lawyers for failing to disclose evidence to their own witnesses and to the court, uh, and called out the agency for stacking charges, a tactic commonly used to pressure defendants in a settlement. In the end, a multi-year prosecution and an eight-day March administrative law hearing similar to a trial turned up evidence that Specs may have ha- that Specs may may have paid a $778 invoice from a wine supplier a day or two late in, in, two, in 2011 under the complicated liquor credit law spelling out what payments for booze must be made. The sum total of the sanctions recommended by the judges were a warning and no fines. All right, so this was that was posted from the Texas Tribune by Jay Root uh, June 30th, 2017. So, why why did this... Yeah, since then, we've had a whole bunch of people just leave, (laughs) including Captain Coverup. But why was the TABC under fire from the get-go? Because it was discovered uh, through a legal probe that they had misappropriated funds and and were fining people indiscriminately to make up for the budget deficits. And during all of these unnecessary trips that now the state has put a ban on for the next two years... Basically, like an NCAA sanction, like no unnecessary travel outside of your outside of your jurisdiction. They were paying all their executives that would go to these lavish uh, resorts for like week long conferences. Hazard pay. Uh. You know that you know that gif of the corgi when he's getting fed and it's just O M F G and he's kind of bouncing. That's kind of how I am right now. I'm like a little bouncing corgi that's being fed because anything that gets the TABC in trouble is great for me. Yay, so maybe we'll buy alcohol on Sunday soon. I'd really like that actually. <laughs> I actually would like to buy beer at like 7 a.m. when I'm, you know, grocery shopping instead of having to come back at noon. That'd be awesome. 
Or just beer at 7 a.m. because you just want to pop one open at 7 a.m. Uh, I haven't done that since I was barman. <laughs> I was going to bed at 8 p.m. to wake up at 5 p.m. Sorry, 8 a.m. Well, to wake I, up I mean, at 5 p.m. I look at my wife. She gets off at 7 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So for her, that's kind of like nighttime. Oh, it's, it's 5 o'clock. It's always 5 o'clock somewhere. So, yeah, you, that'd be kind of fun, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, I don't really, I don't really know what's going to happen with the... With this whole thing that the TABC has gotten themselves into, I will say this: everyone else, uh, everyone at Specs, is a lot happier now that it's over. Um, oh, yeah, I've got a couple of really good friends that are like store managers, and they couldn't have been happier about the uh, the wave of pressure that they felt come off of them because Specs released everything first internally about what was about to be published, and there was just this widespread relief that all of a sudden made a lot more sense. Like three years ago. TABC, when this probe started, put a hold on every single permit that Specs was trying to get issued to open up new locations. So you're talking about the obstruction of business and the obstruction of free enterprise growth for 36 months, and then they wanted to extort $713 million out of Specs. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, from time to time, feel that the, the, the TPSA, the Texas Pack Store Association, Specs, Gabriel's, Twins Liquors, all these really big guys are kind of out and playing by their own rules. But, I mean, come on. You're, gonna, you're, you're, you're going to purposefully halt and inhibit the growth of an institution in the state who's done nothing but good the entire time that they've been open. Mm-hmm. Much like ABI made lives come, made dreams come true for mom and pop liquor stores that they bought and you know still employ, but you're going to obstruct business growth and opportunities, which is completely against the American dream and completely against capitalism, and also free enterprise. And then you're going to want seven hundred thirteen million dollars on the back end. Come on. That's TABC. disgusting. Yeah. It's 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 a gross misuse of power. It need, the, the entire agency needs to be shut down and reformatted. And I can only hope that when or if that happens, they rewrite the entire damn code too. I mean, from that and the brew pubs being charged double and everything. Ugh. That's yeah, it's been stupid. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's. I understand the hatred for what I do for a living from a um, from the consumer base. I totally understand the hatred for for distributors. I understand the hatred towards the TABC, and I'm, nine times out of ten, that part's actually warranted. But but you're trying to be a good guy in this, like you're. I'm trying to be impartial. I'm attempting to be impartial. Um, not succeeding all the time, but I you're just trying to, to get the, the the alcohol to people. Yeah, I'm just trying to get. I, I'm I'm trying to get liquid the lips as much as mm-hmm. I hate that phrase. I'm trying to get liquid the lips, and the vast majority of us that are in the intermediary tier are we're trying to accomplish that. And this is just a small... I I really hope for the public that everything that's going on with the Brewers Association and ABI and the TABC is eye-opening as to exactly, you know, that the struggle is real. It's not just brew beer, vent wine, distill spirits, sell to customers, hooray, we're all rich. Mm Mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, you know, if, if any, any normal citizen were to really take a look at the TABC code, the very first thing that you're going to read after like the first couple of chapters is who the F wrote this? Because none of it makes any sense. Well, I mean... It, it's, it's what happens when corruption runs in a controlling agency. Yeah. I mean, literally, your, your head of internal affairs is nicknamed Captain Cover-Up. I mean that's pretty indi- that's pretty damning to start with. And also, I mean, it's like it, Christian values. That's why we have the <laughs> closed Sundays. You know, I'm under the firm belief that religion and business have no business being next to each oh, other. Yeah. No, no, they don't. But I mean, at the end of the day, though, it's just like you know, why did uh, why did Governor Abbott leave the taproom bill on his desk and not sign it? The guy that owns Silver Eagle may or may not be the treasury of a super PAC and may or may not have <laughs> donated a couple of million dollars to the cause. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's there's always corruption and special interest. And, and, and it's like I said, you know, in the last episode that, you know, people are always making decisions for themselves, not for the betterment of the industry. And the TABC does that all the time because they're trying to line their own pockets and make up for their own deficiencies. You know, there was a guy in uh, Kima, the 
I don't know, posted online about three weeks ago that got ticketed for by a TABC officer for being drunk in public, but he blew a 0. 0.0. What, was he acting silly or something? Why did the ticket even... Why did the ticket happen? I know. He wasn't well, no, drunk. Not, he, not, he, he wasn't drunk. I'm not trying blew, to justify it, but... Well, like, what was... It, did, they, he, did he come up to him and he's like... Well, he, 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 he stepped off the bottom step of Scallywags and got a breathalyzer shoved in his face. He blew a 0.0 and the guy still gave him a ticket for drunk in public. That is gross, gross manipulation of power. And the entire agency just well, needs to be... it's got to be a 0. 0.00. 0.00. I mean, yeah, so it was 0.00. Sorry, okay. he, he, he blew completely clean. Still gave him a ticket. I mean, it's, it's just a gross overstepping of power. Mm. Anybody that wants to argue with me, I'm, I'm totally okay with it. Because I'll argue about both these talk, topics so I'm blue in the face. Just, I'm, just just tell, talk, I'm just, just fired up about just it. Just tell them the TABC is the one that keeps you from buying beer on Sunday and people will agree with you. Or alcohol on Sunday. I think, I, I, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I think the argument's going to come from the ABI stance. Not really the TABC stance. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm not even completely sure the TABC likes the TABC. All right, well, uh, whatever comments we get on this one, yeah, oh, the, oh, I'll, 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 oh, I'll leave you. Oh, oh yeah, it, no, so. no, 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 don't at me. Just tell me. Don't at me. <laughs> don't at me in the least. Just actually tell me that you want to have a disagreement, and I will happily have a conversation with you and be right. Well, I just poured the uh, white IPA with Yuzu with Kuchi Brewery. I mean, I hadn't had a drink yet, but Eric already did. Yep, got tired of waiting. Mm-mm-mm. That's really good. I mean, it's full full bodied for an IPA, super light. Oof. That coriander though. Yeah, that coriander though. I mean, if you ever wanted to, gosh, Man. If, if you ever 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 wanted to know what would happen if you overhopped the shit out of a saison, this is it. Oh, I like that. So I've had Oscar Blue's uh, Fugly, which is their yuzu with the ugly, mm-hmm. ugly fruit. It I haven't tried it yet. It tastes nothing like this, and I wish it would taste more like this. I'll bet you I can figure out how to make this. That's really fucking good. I've never see. I've never had yuzu before. I actually don't even know what kind of fruit that is. It's a Japanese one. Well, yeah. <laughs> you don't say. Konichiwa. I mean, it, wow. Yeah. Wow. That was my 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 really bad like white man. Is that a? <clears throat> but does it have something else? Nutmeg. That's what I'm tasting. Yeah, it's that that Christmas allspice. But I mean, I, I mean, I, I I forgive that. What the hell does a yuzu look like? Like this, like a lemon, basically. Oh, oh, that's cool. Oh, it's citrus also. Yeah, so it's basically like, basically like a lemon, like like a lemon clement. Holy crap! That's not a whole lot of pulp. Not a whole lot of pulp in those whole butt ton of seeds. It's almost like a uh, like a use like almost like a lemon and a kumquat had a kid. Mm. Here it says uh, pomelo. In Chinese, Chinese it lemon. literally means pomelo. Hmm. I have no idea what pomelo is. Have you had uh, any other Hitachino stuff? I am not. I am. I have not been impressed with anything Hitachino nest outside of white. Yeah, white's really good. White's really good, but I mean, red rice tastes like Budweiser. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would. Re- I, I'll drink Sapporo every day of the week over that red rice. Um, the the extra special was good, like the stout, the extra stout that they made that was really nice. But I mean, everything's just kind of for the price point is just kind of meh. I mean, wh- yeah, you'd white, expect something. White's a steal in the really in, in the big bottle for like seven bucks. But everything else, like five ninety nine for a twelve ounce. I mean, if you're gonna charge five ninety nine for a twelve ounce, you better take the back of my head off. Yeah, I think, what's the other one, the other Japanese brewery that was here for a little bit? They had, like, Sapporo Bay Double IPA. That was, like, $8 for a 16-ounce or 12-ounce bottle, and it was really fucking good, too, though. That that made it worth it. Hmm. I don't remember what this one is. It's, like, bread. I just just typed in, I I love that BrewDog has a, uh, uh, has a place in Japan that's so funny. Uh, Bremer? Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bremer Brewing? I didn't even check out the, uh, the, the specs on that brewery, but I'm like, okay, whatever. It says it's Japanese and I'm a weeaboo, so. Yes, you <laughs> are. <laughs> Man, special beer stuff. Like maybe we can get a lip. Yeah, 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 these guys. 
Yeah, they were here for that. They were here for a hot minute, then they were just gone. Yeah, the Novi Shell had a bunch of their stuff, and I, I think picked no, up I think some. Novi Shell still has a bunch of their stuff. Would I drink it? No, no, I don't know. No, I wouldn't touch <laughs> it anymore. No, not after like two years of being there. I mean, there, there's one thing about the Asian uh, Asian brew culture is because they use predominantly rice uh, with adjuncts. There's no aging on it. Like they get no age whatsoever. It's like ninety days, and then they're dead. I mean, Hitachino's Nest White because it's a because it would classify as Pearl Malt, mm-hmm. uh, and is more of a Belgian wit beer. Does have some longevity to it because they are using more of like Hogarden Hogarden brew styles. But as far as like everything else in the portfolio, I mean, drink it when you buy it. Don't 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 attempt to even hold on to it. I mean, even the extra special is not worth saving for more than about a month. You know, Honestly, though, if, if if you're enjoying those beers, you're enjoying them with the cuisine because they really are food beers. They're very much like Moody Tongue in that way out of Chicago, where like Moody Tongue beers are good, but they're great if you pair them correctly. And it's the same thing with Japanese with with, with Japanese beers. If you ever like Masa Sushi or any really good sushi restaurant, and you get a um, a Sapporo Reserve or a Hitachino Red Rice or any or I mean heck even Thai food with Chang I mean Chang is an awful beer until you put it with Pad Thai and <laughs> but but but, th- but that's the idea though it's like the, mm-hmm. it's, it's the, the the idea of the culture culinarily is about umame it's not about uh, one flavor profile or the other it's about that umame satisfaction so it does stand to reason that those beers wouldn't age long because they don't make them to be to be sat on. They make them to be drank. So, I mean, heck, I love going over to Masa Sushi and getting the lunch special with a Sapporo Reserva because it just meshes. If they sold Hitachino's Nest over there, which I don't think they do right now, I mean, if they sold Hitachino White or Hitachino Red Rice, Red Rice, I'd have that also. Uh, they carry Orion now. It's like, like Orion's from mm. Tokyo. And, I mean, Orion is hot, damn, steaming garbage by itself. You put it with with uh, miso soup. Mwah. It's all about balancing flavor. As a Hispanic, uh, I wish my culture had beer that was paired with food, but no, ours is paired for long days after, like after a long day of work and a macarena and getting really drunk. That's yeah, all. no kidding. Oof. And That's also a... uh, whatever you can, and for quinceañeras too. So <laughs> yeah. hold, on, hold on, baby, we're getting we're getting imperial this weekend. Uh-oh, what are you doing? No, I'm just... Oh. For quinceaneras and pedial. Oh, okay. I thought you meant... Instead of, cor- <laughs> instead of Corona for the family barbecue. Unless you're from Guadalajara, then you drink Estrella Jalisco. I really have nothing bad to say about Estrella Jalisco. Or, you, you or, know, or Montejo, Here's for that the matter. thing. The Mexican beers aren't bad. Mm. And, that, and that's all because they're so basic and they're just to get the job done. The non-Mexican beers are really awful, Corona. The... <laughs> I, I, Dos Equis. I really don't drink those. In, you hey, know. Dude, I will crush a six-pack of Montejo. Pacifico? Absolutely. Soul, Pacifico. same thing. Yeah, same thing with Soul. Uh, Corona Familiar? Very nice. You only get it in the quart bottles, but it's really good. I like... I well, like it's uh, more malt licorice, but... I like drinking uh, my micheladas with Soul. That's my favorite, too. Uh, see, if I, do a, if, if, if I do a michelada, I'm grabbing for uh, something like a Pacifico. Actually, <clears throat> I went to Pastry Wars. And, you told me, yeah, best ones there. There, the and someone there, one of the I guess is a frequent flyer there, mm-hmm. uh, told me to try the michelada with uh, negro indio. Say again, indio negro. I'm not a fan of indio. It's negro. the black lager. I know what it is. I'm just not a fan of it. But man, I'm not either. I mean, give me Bohemia. Or, I mean, okay, if 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 if, I, if you're gonna go black lager from Mexico, though, I'm, I mean, Bohemia, Bohemia or bust. But. Bohemia makes the greatest Michelada on the planet. All right, well, so that's the next time too. Then see if they have it. They probably do. I mean, it's a mezcal, yeah. So, whatever. Have you been to La Fisheria? No. Oh, it's Pisco, uh, uh, Pisco Bar, and uh, seafood. Fabulous I I, cuisine. I think I think I have a gift card to that. So you need that. to go to La, Fi, La, uh, La Fisheria. Well, I will try that. So amazing. So we just poured uh, the raspberry Sunday from the beer camp pack. And this one, again, is uh, stateside for the brewery. So we went two overseas, two to the States. Mm-hmm. And Belgian Blonde, we just found out. It's an ale brewed with lactose, cocoa, vanilla, and raspberry. What do you think? That's weird. 
That's weird, dude. I was trying to make this our dessert beer, you know. That's so incredibly weird. Not a whole lot of raspberry. Ton of cocoa, ton of vanilla. I taste it, though. Ton of... Well, no. See, I'm, I'm picking up all the yeast is my thing. Like, like ton of Belgian yeast, ton of esters. A little bit of fruit on the nose. I smell that fruit. It's the lactose. The lactose is hiding it for me. That's really good, though. I don't know. I, I, I don't think I could drink, like, more than one of these. But that's really good. Like, I can share a bomber with someone of these. Say what? Share a bomber. Ooh. I'm saying I could share a bomber with these, and that'd be, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I could do that also. I could share a bomber with somebody. Um, I mean, everything else that we tried beforehand, like the white IPA, I could probably do. I could probably do a four pack of. I mean, I could crush case upon case of the other two. <laughs> I mean, that vintage ale and that 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 dry hop Berliner, both of those owe me money. Um, <laughs> this guy, on the other hand, this raspberry Sunday, I'm I, I'm 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 a big fan of the brewery. Uh, I like a lot of what they do. This is very brewery, brewery-esque as far as being like a true-to-form collab. You can taste the Sierra Nevada influence in it mm-hmm. with the uh, with the fruit and a little bit of the vanilla. But the lactose in here is really just overpowering every other element. Yeah. It's got a lot of the if you, caramelly alcohol taste at the end. If you ever wondered... like, you, Take a big like mouthful of it. Leave it in your mouth a little bit and then swallow it. You you feel that like big old alcohol sensation? Not really the alcohol, but, alcohol I, but, but, but I, I get like straight up English toffee. Uh, Christmas candies. That's what this tastes like. Man, we are on a, on a different level then because I don't. Uh, every, dude, every palate's different. That's the that's the beauty of alcohol. Is like every single palate is vastly different, and I mean this the, the, this really is in line with what. The brewery does, but honestly, this feels a little forced as far as like a stylistic choice is concerned. If they had done this as a porter or as like a Abbey Double, something a little darker mm-hmm. to keep that lactose in check a little more, it wouldn't taste because what this tastes like, like I get that they went for a Belgian gold, but it tastes like they made a golden stout. I and, agree. And I'm not against golden stouts. And in fact, if I approach this as a golden stout, all the flavors make a lot more sense. But like you're trying to go Belgium and you're using lactose, but you're not using and you're using vanilla and cocoa, but you're keeping the 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 mouthfeel light and the color the the overall color of the beer, it has like a little bit of red a little bit of the pink from the raspberry, but the overall color is basically a straight gold. I mean Call it what you made. I mean, I get that you. I get that you made a Belgian blonde because that's exactly what, what what the base of it is. But call it a golden stout. I mean, don't be afraid to hide from it. I mean, golden stouts are made in Belgium all the time. They're called triples, like something Duvel would do. It tastes like it. It, it tastes more like a triple, like like, like a true to like triple Belgian, yeah. than it does an Abbey blonde. I that's mean, why. That's why when you said it was a blonde, I was like, mm. I mean, when you have your name Raspberry Sunday. No, it, it's they're right. I mean, I'm not saying that they're wrong. They, they, they named it correctly. It does taste like a raspberry ice cream sundae. But but I'm saying, like, as soon as we poured it, though, you're like, look at that. That's not the color I expected. That was definitely... It was not the color I expected at all. Um, I mean, yeah, it's very... It's... So, I mean, the description is pretty... It, it is pretty straightforward. Um... Belgian, you know, the brewery in Orange County is famous for its experimental Belgian style and barrel-aged beers, and this release fits nicely into their wheelhouse. Inspired by the flavors of an ice cream sundae, this rich blonde ale features cocoa, vanilla, and raspberry with lactose added for extra creaminess. Now you can have your dessert and drink it too. They're not wrong, but they're also not right. And while I get that they were going for a Belgian gold, I mean, Belgian blondes, A, first of all, are not 8% alcohol, they're 5 uh, what you made was a triple, and you need to call it a triple, or you need mm-hmm. to call it a golden stout. I get that you didn't use an Abbey yeast culture on here, and I really know that I'm being a douche and I'm, and I'm splitting hairs. <laughs> but I'm also a Bel- I'm also a Belgophile about my brewing, and if you're going to call something, I mean, at least call it a double blonde. You know, go for like that Antigoon style where you're eight and a half percent, but you're not using Abbey yeast, therefore you're a double blonde. I mean, call it what it is. Don't hide 
behind the, oh, we threw a whole bunch of crap into it and it's an 8% Blondale. Oh, we hit with Belgian yeast because that's what we are. We're the brewery. Herf dark people are going to buy it. Oh, look, Belgian Blonde. No, you're a triple. Call it a fruited triple or call it a golden stout. Call it what it is. That's all I'm asking. Hmm. No, I'm starting to get it now. That might be the douchiest beer review I've ever given, actually. <laughs> but it's fine. I agree with you on that, though. That's still like, the douchiest thing I've said on the on the show. Is what it was that was, was that review. That was the douchiest thing I've said <laughs> since we started doing breathe and booze out. So, uh, with all four of these beers, we got two eights, a four, and a seven ABV. That's some pretty good stuff right there. Oh, yeah, all four are great. I mean, you know, the, the the Beer Camp series is always an amazing lineup every single year. Now, I already drank the Lemon Ginger Rambler, which is really good. Thank you, by the way. Now, lots of cayenne on that thing, though. Oh, the cayenne pepper was so good. All you. <clears throat> but uh, all after you. that, uh, there's seven more left. By the time we record, I don't know how many we'll have to try. Because, I mean, there is a Treehouse Brewery. Oh yeah, collaboration, dude! dude you have you, you completely have to open that West Coast and that East meets West at the same time and do side by sides. Yeah, you need to. Like, yeah, like I, and, and you and you need to video it. All right, well, all right. So uh, for this month, that's going to be it for Eric and I. Maybe we're going to do two. We're going to try to do two. We're going to work it again. Out. So Eric's taking home a microphone. Yep, I am. Uh, <clears throat> well, so I, you should take home a baby monitor too, so I can yell at you to get on or whatever. No. <laughs> terribly sorry that's what that's what facebook messenger is for oh all right well uh on behalf of myself and eric breathe, in, breathe in booze out and cheers guys cheers houston